Psalm 10:18 To do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. This is the conclusion of Psalm 10 and it's the conclusion of the declaration of trust. So I want to unpack this and then kind of look back on the psalm as a whole. And so it's it's a continuation of verse eight, uh, verse seventeen. To incline your he- your ear to what? To do justice, to execute justice on behalf of the orphan and the the crushed one. Then it closed with this statement: so that, with the result that, man who is of the earth shall not, may not, may strike terror no more. I think this is a a reference back to the idea in verse uh, 10. So in verse 10, we see this crushing, beating down. And then that he might fall by his might. And I think the the idea of falling here is kind of uh, being submitted, falling before this wicked person. So in verses 3 to 11, we have this unpacking of the wicked person, who they are, what they say, what they do. And uh, verse 10 is he crushes them, he beats them down. And and there's this idea of falling before him or uh, being frightened into submission. And I think that the idea here in verse 18 is that for the saint of God, there is no reason to fear the wicked person any longer. What's the worst they can do? It's death. But we trust that our king who sits on the throne will vindicate his people. Charles Spurgeon closes his unpacking of the psalm this way. He says, Let us learn that we are sure to speed well. It's the idea of Godspeed. It's to go well with us. We are sure to speed well if we carry our complaint to the King of Kings. Rights will be vindicated and wrongs redressed at his throne. His government neglects not the interests of the needy, nor does it tolerate oppression in the mighty. Great God, we leave ourselves in thine hand. To thee we commit thy church afresh. Arise, O God, and let the man of the earth, the creature of a day, be broken before the majesty of thy power. Come, Lord Jesus, and glorify thy people. Amen and amen. I think Spurgeon just does a fantastic job here of summarizing this psalm as a whole. You know, in the the first two verses, we have this proclamation of distress where it it seems as though God is distant because the wicked have not yet been judged. And there's a request that the wicked will be judged. Verse 3 to 11 is the audacity of the wicked, where the wicked person hates God and man in his inner being, in his words and in his actions. And so he deserves this fulfillment of the proclamation of justice, distress and the, the call for justice. And so after unpacking that, the psalmist returns in verses 12 to 15 uh, to a plea for vindication. He knows that God does see and he does care. And so the psalmist calls upon God to act. And that leads here to verse 16 to 18, where there's a declaration of trust. The psalmist entrusts himself to God's sovereignty. And so I think the, the main point of this psalm as a whole is that the wicked hate God and man. 
but God will judge rightly in his wise, sovereign timing. Our king sits on the throne. He will judge and the wicked will not be able to strike fear into the hearts of the righteous any longer. And so God, we pray, come Lord Jesus, come. We pray that Christ would return soon to deliver his people, to enact justice for the fatherless, for the oppressed, for the for the beaten down, for the submitted into fear. And so God, as we wait, would you help us to entrust ourselves to you as king? Would you help us to wait confidently with no fear because we know that all wrongs will be made right. And we know that you are in control of all things at all times in all places. So would you work all these things out for good, for your glory and for our joy, we pray. Amen. And that is Psalm 10 verse 18.